Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Danko Jones. You're listening to my man, Jay Scott, on The Hook Rock. everyone what is going on what's shaking how we all doing today happy monday to all of you hope everybody had a great weekend hope everybody's staying safe staying healthy staying strong and getting vaccinated because things are getting out of control and hopefully they don't continue hopefully we can nip this in the bud before we go back on lockdowns kids go back to e-learning because hate to tell you people that's what's coming So let's do our part. Let's get vaccinated. Let's put this behind us and let's move forward because uh, we're dealing with some dangerous numbers. But I know you're here for an escape, just like I love giving you guys an escape. I enjoy and I'm happy that you are listening. We are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. You can check us out, all our new episodes and old episodes, as well as my fellow podcasters like Carmen Apice and Vinny Apice on the Hanging and Banging podcast with local Chicago promoter Ron and Nesty. Cobras and Fire, Shout Out Loudcast. Tom and Zeus do a great job with 
the KISS podcast. Great job. Love those guys. Also check out Martin Popoff, the rock historian. Follow us on all podcast platforms, wherever you do podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, Pandora, you name it, we are on it. And like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Write us a review if you're so inclined. Please always let us know what you're thinking and what you're feeling. And want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Say it with us. Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom. Har har. By offering chewable tablets that can help men get stronger and longer lasting erections. Very important. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in a chewable form and a fraction of the cost. Also important. Blue Chew tablets help men achieve harder, stronger erections to combat all forms of ED, erectile dysfunction. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no doctor visits, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package, which is pretty cool. The process is simple. Sign up at Blue Chew, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive the prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? No problem here. Blue Chew's Sildenafil and Tadalafil tablets are chewable. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and they prepare and ship directly to you. So it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And here's a special deal for all Hook Rocks listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code MILKSHAKE at checkout, just paying $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code MILKSHAKE, to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. My next guest is very important to me, very important to who I am today. Back in 1984, I was nine years old, trying to find my way, learning about the world, an Irish-Italian family outside of Chicago. And I heard the song, We're Not Gonna Take It. And that elevated my conscious, that elevated my thinking to always stand up for myself and always speak out when I feel I've been wronged or someone I know have been wronged or I know people who have been wronged. And I'd like to welcome in my next guest. His album is out this past Friday, July 30th. It's called Leave a Star, the legend, the icon, Mr. D. Snyder. What's going on, D? Wow, that was really great to hear, you know. Um... You know, I mean, I now know that people are listening, but back then I was hoping people were listening. And when I hear stories like yours, and I hear a lot of them like yours, but that that was the message. That was what I was trying to say. Uh, you know, it wasn't just about saying F you. It was more than that. It was I was trying to give people hope that, you know, that there was something better. And there was a better way. So good to hear. Thank you. Great to hear great to hear those words. It was also about not having the fear. To speak up, too, as well. It was, it, it was, you know, it was, it was hope, but also, you know, as I, as I was sitting in my Catholic school 
classes and hearing the nuns teach me the ways of the world and things I disagreed with, it gave me that courage to say, hey, wait a minute, that doesn't sound right to me. How does that, how does that work? So that was really the essence for me of that song. You know, you, I mean, that is the essence of the song and, and that's what you're supposed to get out of it. And for those of you who didn't, you need to go listen to the words some more. Uh, So uh, there's more. It's so funny when I get politicians, especially the right wing ones, um, because I'm not right. I'm, I'm center. Uh, you know, I lean a little left. I'm like, I'm a concealed carrier, but I'm a woman's rights activist. You know, so like most of us kind of going back and forth, find in the center, finding your spot. But some of these extreme right wing people use, we're not going to take it as their song. And I go, you do know what the first line of the song is. And they go, we're not going. No, 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 no. The verse. And they go, we've got the right to choose. Oh. <laughs> I'm not in favor of that. I said, I know you're not in favor of that. That was a very intentional line. We've got the right to choose. I'm about choice, freedom of choice. And you are not pro-choice, so you really shouldn't use my song. Okay, good. Thanks for telling us. Thanks for telling us. We were singing, we got the right to choose at a pro-choice, at, a, at an anti-choice rally. That is great. The, 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 the way the song just, you know, it's the same thing with Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA. People use that as a patriotic song. And it's about the truths in America, about how people, you know, you know, a soldier coming in from the war, from Vietnam, being pushed aside and being labeled a second class citizen has nothing to do with patriotism. Yeah, yeah, they, they don't they don't listen to the words. So you got to listen to the words. And, you know, and this kind of brings you, you know, to the new album. But but naturally, but leave a scar as you know, with what was going on in the world, I. I kind of, I, I, I know if you heard, but I quietly retired in 2019. I yes. told my family, my friends, my band, I was, I thought, thought I was done. But then the state of the world said, I got to say something and I, because not everybody's blessed with the platform or the voice that I have. And, you know, and, and, and so that was pure inspiration that drove me back into the studio to do this record. You know, the album is really interesting because, you know, I think of, you know, the song Silent Battle, you know, which is, you know, really about the internal struggle people have. And especially, you know, it it gets exacerbated during a time like the pandemic, you know, when people are at home with themselves, not having any outlet to help themselves cope with that silent battle. And, you know, when I when I knew that you had retired, and I knew how vocal you were on social media during that time, and then you announced the new album, and then to listen to the album and to really get your take and perspective on what was in your head, was that something that was building over time during the last 18 months or during the pandemic that, you know what, I need that creative outlet to speak about what's going on in my head right now? Well, I, I wanted to say a couple of things. First of all, Silent Battle, uh, a song about depression. Uh, it was Jamie Josta who came in and said, we need to have a right. We need to talk about depression. It's, such a problem, and it's more of a problem now with COVID than ever. And I said, Jamie, you're 100% right. A couple of my kids deal with it. I said, but I never have, um, thankfully, because it's, it's, it's awful. It's an awful thing to carry, an awful burden for people. And I said, I would feel disingenuous 
writing words, writing about something I don't know about firsthand. And Jamie said, well, I do know about it. I said, well, you write it and I will sing it because this is an important song. So it's the only song I did not write the words on this album. Uh, that was Jamie Josta, but it's that important, you know, that and I said, I'm not going to stand in the way of an me- important message because I don't have a personal experience. But um, when it came to, you know, you talk about the flashpoints for this record, being on social media, you know, screaming on social media. And it was somebody who said, D, we don't all have your platform or your voice. What are we supposed to do? So I realized that I have to speak for the, had to speak for those who could not speak for themselves and give them the song to sing. Uh, even, even a song like She, which is not a song. It's about, it's about my wife. And a friend of mine said, my wife is complaining. She said, why don't you write songs like that for me? I said, that's not the point. I am running songs. So you're, I'm running songs so you can say this one is dedicated to my wife. You know, I mean, so like you can, not everybody can write a song. Not everybody has, has the platform to put a song on a record. So I just realized that this was, I had the, the, the things I wanted to say. And I had this opportunity. I had a record deal. Napalm Records wanted another record from me. So I was just like, I called them up and said, I want to do a record. They said, great. Thank God. We want more music from D. Snyder. People want more music from you. So uh, it just gave me the platform and the place to, to express myself. You know, when you are, are seeing all the things that are happening in the world, the pandemic, the protest, the toxic election, and you're, you, you are a creative person. You need that creative outlet. Was it difficult for you to transfer what was in your mind to paper, to song, to singing it? Um, and I just want to say, you said the world and you mentioned some things in the United States. People need to, in the United States, need to know what's happened here in the United States is kind of going on all over the globe. Yes. Uh, everybody's got a similar situation in, in uh, so many countries. So I knew that I wasn't just writing a song for, for Americans. Uh, I was writing a song for the, for the world. Everybody from South America to, you know, Eastern Europe and all around, they're all identifying with what I'm saying because it's speaking to them as well. Um, you know, the, the, uh, my, I hadn't written a song since 95. And I, and I always worked off song titles and I would always have a song title list that I would pull out from time to time and look for a list, to, a song to jump out title and inspire me at that moment. And that's how I would write. Um, but that list disappeared and probably that list wouldn't be any good 25 years later. It wouldn't represent the songs, the, the, the titles that I'm thinking. So it started with, it's, it, I got a rock again, popped in my head. A, a joke almost to myself. And I said, that's a good song title. And I looked at it and said, boy, I think everybody must be feeling that right now. So that, and then as I get the song titles, then once I get the song titles, that's how I work. I, I go from there. So, you know, I, uh, Jamie Johnson came in one day and said, dude, I'm watching you take people apart on social media. For me. And they like go, you suck. And then you pull out a bazooka and blow them up. He goes, it's like open season. I said, open season, good song title. <laughs> so that's open season. Uh, then I was watching the news and it was a, it was a, somebody had with their iPhone had filmed one of the protesters at, um, at the, the at, at, on January 6th, who had broken, was breaking in the, to the, uh, to the Capitol building. And they had gotten, now they're now banned from traveling on planes. Those people are no fly list as terrorists. And somebody filmed one of them 
crying at the airport and screaming, you're ruining my life. You're ruining my, and I was like, and crying for your life. I, and then there was a song title. And that song, by the way, is not just about those people. It's about this general thing that I've noticed with a lot of the, the younger generations, this unwillingness to take responsibility for your actions. You don't just get to take credit for the good stuff. When you screw up, you got to take the blame as well. That's how I was raised. Uh, now, I'm not saying everybody in the younger generations, but too many are too quick to point a finger at somebody else. Wasn't my idea on me or, you know, turn state's evidence, rat everybody else out. Anything you can do to get out of being responsible for your actions. And then the line of the song, you do the crime, you do the time. My wife's family's in the mafia. So uh, that's something they would always say. Hey, you don't snitch. You do the crime, you do the time. When you get out, you do the crime again. So <laughs> being an Irish Italian, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> You're really conflicted because you got the Irish side arresting the Italian side. Yes, that was always an interesting uh, family outings, to say the least, when I was growing up. Oh, my dad was a cop and my, and, and my wife's family's in the mob. That was a weird wedding, let me tell you. Yes. I guess both sides are looking at each other going, do I know you? <laughs> they all knew each other, too, and it was always uncomfortable. <laughs> but it always ended up with a lot of drinking and a lot of swearing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no doubt. When you think of your presence on social media and you we live in a world where cancel culture is rampant and we've got one side who's always complaining about cancel culture. But then whenever you say something that disagrees with them, they want to pre cancel you. They want to tell you to shut up and sing, shut up and dribble, you know, stay in your lane, which is effectively canceling someone's thought and freedom to speak what they want to say. Yeah. Oh, look, I, I've been saying it's I've been saying since the first word was spoken, there was somebody saying, you can't say that. <laughs> there has been censorship since the beginning of time. It will never go away. Uh, you know, uh, it, you know, we keep pushing uh, back, uh, you know, creatives, people keep pushing back against censorship. People who try to censor, um, they always wind up giving in a little bit and they go, OK, you can say that, but. But that's it. And then as soon as they draw a line, we go, okay, we're stepping over it again. So that's our job. But yeah, the can't the the, the interesting about censorship censorship now is it's gone from a puritanical right wing conservative censorship in the eighties, swinging to a more liberal driven. Uh, you know, uh, you hurt, that hurts people's feelings, and that's insensitive, and that that's offensive, and this you know, it's gone to the other extreme, and. People are looking to shut you down. And it's, and, and what they've created though, which is really interesting is an environment where we're second guessing ourselves now. Uh, and we need to check ourselves. I'm not saying there's no room. It, it always goes too far. It always starts with like, you know what? Yeah. It's a little too crazy here. We need to reel it back in a little. And then it keeps going and you go, wait, whoa, 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 where are we going now? And like metaphor as a writer, you're a writer. Metaphor is, is is one of the primary writing tools. Uh, being creative with the words you use and 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 figuring out other ways to say the same thing, not repeating yourself. And when I caught myself, check for a brief second, the little voice in me going, "Hey, I don't know if I could say that." It was a song, "In for the Kill," "In for the Kill," "Fire at Will," oh, you know, death and. Uh, and fire gets gun, and, and all of a sudden the, the voice that fought in said, said, "What the hell are you doing? What the f, man? You know, don't let them do that to you. 
It's not the artist's job to censor himself now and not and not 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 be an artist because somebody might be upset. Let lawyers do that. Just write the damn songs, paint the paintings, make the movies. Believe me, there's plenty of business people out there going to go, you can't say that. We have to edit this because it's going to offend people. But when an artist starts questioning, you know, that's when you know it's gone too far. Writing this album and, and, and doing this album, during all the things that were happening, was it a sense of therapy for you? Did it help you? rationalize things or understand things or maybe not understand them, but be able to have a different perspective on those things? Well, definitely therapeutic. I mean, that's metal, uh, heavy metal, hard rock, whatever you want, but, but powerful music has always had that great release of dark emotions. So to go in there and scream into a microphone, you know, uh, you know, uh, it just roar which is what I do, uh, you know, I always walk away feeling better. And, and I know that fans, when they, when they put on an album that lets them release those feelings, they go to a show and they sing along and they throw their horns in the air. They come out of the pits, wedding and smiling. You know, uh, what do you mean you're smiling? Because I let it go. You got to let it go. That's what, what you know. The, yeah, that's you know, there, was a, there was a study a few years ago that heavy metal people grow up to be better adjusted adults than non-metal. This is true. You can look it up online. Uh, and and Psychology Today contacted me because they wanted to know why, and I told them just that because we let it go. The other music forms, pop music. Where do they get out? Where do they get out? Depression, sorrow, heartbreak. You know, hate, anger, frustration, anxiety. Where do they release that? Singing, you know, turn the beat around. No, no, <laughs> disco does not do that for you. Yeah, you're gonna go out and kill something. So, so uh, yeah, and you know, and so definitely therapeutic. And you know, what what do they tell you when you when you got a problem, whatever? Write a letter to yourself. Write it down. Yeah. Journal. Well, there it is. You know, writing lyrics. It's like that. It's journaling. It's a diary. It's 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 writing it out putting it in on a piece of paper and that helps. It really helps. Do you feel like this song will be, I mean, you mentioned you haven't written a song in so many years, but when you look back at your career, like, you know, with the song before I go, you know, which is basically a reflect, you know, you reflecting on your career and what you've been through. This album acts as that diary, as that, you know, that bookmark in your life when all this shit was happening and you wrote about it and you were able to, you know, be, be creative and, and let that go and have that therapeutic process. Is that how you view this album? Absolutely. You know, and, and if I look at the albums I've done over time, uh, I'm talking about ones where I've written, not, not cover records. Uh, um, you see that reflected. I was listening to Stand By for Pain by Widowmaker, which was the last record I wrote on. It is a very dark record. I was at a real low point. I, you know, my career was in the tank. Uh, it was in the tanker. I was working a day job. I had no, I, I, I had all the money I made. I had, I had used, I won't say lost or blown, but I had used and, uh, and I was taking care of three kids and trying to, I didn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And if you, I was listening to songs going, holy crap, man, stand by for pain. The album itself, where you find love, stand by for pain. Idea: if you love something, you will suffer. That's a very dark mm -hmm. thought. 
it's true, <laughs> but it's very dark and, and not very hopeful. So this album definitely reflects, it's, it's, it's reflective for sure. Uh, when I brought in, you, you mentioned before I go, Jamie Johnson said, are you dying? I said, well, not now. Eventually. We're all dying. Yeah, 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 we're all dying. You know, it's like you're a honeymooners fan. You mean never? I'm not, you know, you mean that? But um, I, but I, I said, no. I said, but, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm at a point where I'm learning things. I've learned things. And I want to share them with people. And this was something that took me a long time to learn, you know, before, before I go to song, you know, we'll be judged by those that we save. You know, real, the realization of life is not how much money you got. It's not how many houses you have. It's not what the property you own. It's what you did to help others and what you did to lift people up and those you left behind that you improve their lives somehow, whether it's your children or other people. That was a huge realization for me. And I really didn't start to appreciate that to well into my 40s, you know, where I said, okay, I got to start giving back here because I got stuff and it's not enough. It's not enough. I got a lot of stuff, uh, but it's not, but that's not enough. As we end here, what's the future? What, what do you got plans in terms of touring and, you know, getting out on the road and, and playing and playing this stuff for the people? You know, uh, I definitely want to go get back out there. I want to sing You Can't Stop Rock and Roll, a song I wrote in my 20s, in the, in the 70s, and with a whole new meaning. I was writing about teachers and bosses and, you know, girlfriends and everything, you know. I had a girlfriend that told me, she didn't think I want me to be in a rock band. I was like, okay, bye. I'm in a rock band. I'm not getting a day job, you know. And um, But... I didn't realize that something would come along that would literally stop rock and roll. None of us imagined that was even a possibility and we were stopped in our tracks. So I want to be a part of 2022 when people, I really believe at that point we will have sort of sorted it out. And I know we will. People said, but they started 2021. Yeah. Well, 2022 trust uncle D uh, and we will get back to shows and things like that. But when I sing those words, it's going to have new meaning that it never intended the song to have. And I think others, it will have new meaning for others as well. That's another powerful song too. That was, that was probably the first introduction to Twisted Sister I had. MTV played videos back when I was a kid. And when I was waiting for my mom to get ready to take me to school, I turn it on and I remember seeing the denim, you know, uh, you know, with the, with the, uh, it was like, it was like uh, Monty Python meets the Blues Brothers, you know? (laughs) In the van, yes. in the van, yeah. The, the you can't stop rock and roll video, which I didn't didn't create, but that was what showed me the possibilities for video, uh, for rock video. And the the next video we did was uh, when I could take it, which was my vision. And I wouldn't have had that without you can't stop rock and roll and working with that director whose name I wish I could, wish I could remember. And by the way, so glad even though it belongs there that with the 40th anniversary of mtv they're putting together all of these greatest videos of all time and we're not going to take it is still considered to be one of the greatest rock videos ever it's still on all those lists and you know and when you look at the bands that the other metal bands that are there you got metallica motley crew uh, guns and roses and uh and and uh, van halen and those four, uh, those are the only four other metal bands that are in the top videos of all time. 
And those guys are like hundred million album sellers. Twisted Sisters is a ten million album seller. We had a we had a moment in the sun, but we left a mark. We left a scar. Yes, ah, yes hey, there you go. There you should go. Be an album title. Whoa. <laughs> well, you know that song spoke to a generation, and now there's a new generation of rock that you've spoken about too on social media about supporting new rock bands, supporting new metal. And, you know, getting the message out there. I'm seeing a turn in popularity and relevancy because I have a 16-year-old son. And as he said to me, a lot of kids went into the pandemic and they found themselves. And that angst that rock and roll needs to to survive is there. And they're turning to rock music. They're turning to metal. And I think it is on its way up. I think the resurgence, we're at the beginning of it. What, What do you feel? Wow, that's very astute and a great observation from a smart kid. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I've been surrounded by metal through my kids. Uh, they're all grown now. They're all metal heads. And uh, they've kept me in touch with, with with what's going on and bringing me to concerts. And I've always been in tune with the scene, thankfully. Uh, and that's an interesting thing, though. Like, you know, what is going what's what does metal provide people? And they repeat provides that outlet, that release. And I love the idea that maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. And I am a big fan and a champion of, I should say maybe your son's right. I hope he's right. I've always been a champion of young bands. Uh, it drives me crazy when when heritage artists say rock is dead. It makes me crazy when heritage rock fans say rock is dead. Uh, I say just get out of your damn houses and open your ears and your eyes and go to a smaller club. Do what you did when you were a kid. It wasn't, it wasn't brought to you on a silver platter. You, you hunted for the new music. You hunted for those bands. You found those bands. It wasn't just get delivered to your front door by Amazon people. So, you know, and it's, and, and it's just, but the young bands are suffering right now because they've got no income stream. You know, the, the only income stream they had was live shows and that was killed. So they're working day jobs, man. And you know what? You'll never, they'll never stop playing doing what they love. That's not a big, that's not, we all want to hope to do something we love for a living and then make a living at it. That's not unreasonable. And we're living in a day and age where people think Spotify is somehow taking care of the artist, you know, because they got a million, they got a million streams. You know what they get for a million streams? $4,000 for a million. Okay, so yes, who gets a million streams? The big bands. They get $4,000. Woo! Okay, and I'm making fun of $4,000. So what is 100,000 streams to a young band? 100,000, that's a dream. $400. So the four or five guys split up. They each take their 100 bucks. And now what? What is that? How have their life changed? They got $100 for a song they did. They ain't quitting their day job, baby, with 100 bucks. Maybe they go out to dinner with their kids. And they got kids now, these bands too, by the way. So the point is, Use Spotify to love, discover new music. Use those those streaming services to learn about bands. But once you find one you like, something you like, do honor them by either paying for the download from iTunes or Amazon, you know, or buying the hard the LP or the CD. However you want to do it, but pay for the music. You know, you don't gotta buy it sight unseen. Nobody's asking you to do that. But if you like it, you know, I compare it to um, uh, strawberries at the fruit stand. They'll often let you taste one, see if you like it. If you like it, don't steal the basket of strawberries and run out of the store. 
buy the freaking strawberries. If you didn't, if you didn't like it, walk out of the store and say, ew, ew, disgusting. Fine. That's fine. But if you like it, don't steal the damn basket. Come on, people. Well, we'll end on that. We'll end on strawberries at the grocery store <laughs> with, uh, with D. Schneider. Everybody, that's D. Snyder. I'm Jay Scott. This is The Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Stay strong, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll talk again soon. The Hook. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.